Welcome to the Gold Standard, a special trade deadline day edition of the podcast. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan at Adam Vingan. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? It's great to hear your voice. I'm good. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I'd like to thank Jeremy K. Gover for <laughs> stepping in so capably in my absence. Would you like to thank your wife and son and... You know, any, anything like that? Like, just, you know. Well, I think those who listen to the show, you know, probably saw uh, my tweet thread late last week um, about why I, I stepped away for, for seven weeks. Um, of course, it was one hell of a day to come back, um, which, was <laughs> a, which was a complete coincidence, by the way. That was not planned. It just happened that seven weeks for my first day of leave was today. Um, so, you know, no, uh, no rest for the weary, I guess you can say no easing in back into the job, but happy to be back. Yes, there, there, there you have it. Um, all right. So you will hear from David Poyle at his press conference on Monday coming up in just a second. We'll trim it down. I trimmed it down so that you can hear all the most important parts. Uh, a couple of uh, interesting like PR forces at play now that I think are going to be the most interesting part of this. There's obviously negotiations for the contract, but the biggest story of course, is that Philip Forsberg is still on the team. He was not traded, nor was he really close to being traded and the contract has not been signed. There is no extension. There is no new contract. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, You'll hear from David Poyle in a second, but I do have to start Adam. Uh, First of all, by the way, gold standard brought to you by Jaspers. So go to Jaspers. Um, the gold standard, of course, brought to you by Jasper's free parking, great happy hour, great specials for Preds games, of course, $3 beers, $10 smash burgers, great place to watch the, uh, the NCAA tournament. I know the Duke blue devils, your Duke blue devils are still alive, Adam, and not, no one from the sec is, but the Duke blue devils are, and, um, they, they now have a new game room that's updated, right? They've got uh pop a shot, air hockey, ski ball, darts jenga connect four like all kinds of cool stuff in there so go check that out and go watch preds games there i I have to start before we hear from david poyle and start breaking down the forsberg news adam i do have to talk about the fact that the national predators acquired someone named Braden because that's really the lead here on the trade deadline because four straight cup champions have had a player named Braden, and now the predators have a chance to win the cup because you cannot win a cup without a player named Braden. now does it count if the player named Braden? isn't on the team during the playoffs. So if, well, the roster would expand, maybe they call him up just because you have to have, a, you know, you have to have a Braden like to, to build identity. So let's, let's go through this. So the past two, the past two Stanley cups, of course, won by the Tampa Bay lightning, they had Braden point. Um, then there was Braden Shen and Braden Holpe. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Well, yes. So if Braden Burke, who is the player that the Predators acquired for Frederick Allard today in the minor league move does not actually dress in a Stanley Cup playoff game. I don't think it counts. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I just, just, I just think you need in the organization. <laughs> I don't think that counts. I, frankly, Adam, I just think you need to be in the presence of a Braden to achieve greatness. That That's really what, what one has to do. Um, I'm just saying, look, it, the Predators now have a chance. Okay. I think they have a chance. And if you heard Greg Wyshynski's interview on the show last week, and I think a lot of what David Poyle said to, on Monday was about, you know, we, we think this group has a chance to make a deep run. They've earned the right to sort of be left, un, you know, undisrupted, I believe is the word um, that Poyle sort of used on Monday. And that that is 
absolutely what what they did. They've earned the right, and now not only have they earned the right to sort of stay intact, Forsberg's not traded, but they added a Braden. And I just I just want to point that out. I think that is the most important thing that happened on Monday. Just want to point that out. <laughs> well, other than Philip Forsberg not re-signing, and we'll get to all of the moves that the the Predators made um, at the deadline. I just would like to say before we get into the Forsberg stuff that you know it wouldn't be a trade deadline unless David Poyle traded for a fifth or sixth defenseman, <laughs> or, um, or two of them, <laughs> or 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 two. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy Lozon joins the likes of Eric Goodbranson, Corbinian <laughs> Holzer. Um, God, I'm missing another. I, I know I'm missing others, but those were, those are the, the first two that come to mind. Um, of course the, the predators did not pay a second round pick for either of those players. Um, you know, that was certainly an overpay, uh, by most accounts, but we'll get to that in a yep, little we'll bit. Get to that. Yep, we'll get to that. So we can talk about Forsberg now. So we're going to talk about Forsberg, but before we do, I want you to hear everything Poyle had to say about Philip Forsberg, the negotiations. He wished the deal was done three or four months ago. Um, how much they've communicated recently. They've talked recently. Negotiations, all that stuff. An interesting question by Vingen as well. So we'll get to Adam's question. So here, here was what David Poyle had to say on Monday regarding Philip Forsberg. We have had you know continual and constant dialogue with uh, Philip and his agent. I met with Philip for a long time uh, uh, last week. Uh, we love having Philip as a part of our team, and uh, we believe that Philip loves being part of uh, of our of our team and, and wants to be in uh, Nashville. Um, I wouldn't want anybody to, to think uh, any less of our desire to retain him as a member of Nashville Predators for the next several seasons because we haven't announced a new contract for him today. Uh, we're going to continue to to work quietly with Philip and his representative towards a contract that pays him equitably while giving the organization the flexibility to build and maintain a roster to compete for the Stanley Cup. In the short term, we've all agreed to place our focuses on the task at hand and solidifying a spot in the 22 playoffs and then competing for the Stanley Cup. I continue to believe, and I believe Philip feels the same way, that he will be part of the Predators for, for a long time. In my conversation that I had with Philip, you know, clear to me that uh, just get down to the bottom line that we just haven't reached where both parties want to be on the on the contract. So we're going to work on that, uh, as I said, quietly. Uh, again, there's uh, we have a good relationship with he and his representative, and we do with Philip, and we'll continue to to work on that. And hopefully, someday we'll surprise you with an announcement. Well, that uh, that brings up bad memories. Uh, so I, I, I think it's 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 different here in uh, in terms of Philip's desire to to be here. And uh, I think with Ryan, I think bottom line was that he felt that the grass was greener somewhere else. And I don't 100 percent do not think that that's the case with Philip. You know, if we had reached a, a contract at the right number structure, all that stuff, it, it would be done. And I'd love to announce that, but that's just not for today. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. I think we'll continue to work on it, but as I said, for the third time, quietly. So, I, you know, this is, as, as you know, we get asked this and Philip gets asked this every game. So it's one of those things that respect my privacy. It's just, I, I, we'll, we'll tell you when it gets done because it's, it doesn't serve any purpose now. He's here. There's, there's no trade led deadline. He's not being traded, anything like that. He's going to be here. So let us uh, do our work together and talk and cheer the Preds on. And hopefully someday, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll have an announcement. No, it, 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 the typical conversation, 
you know, you talk about all 32 teams several times in the last week. So when it goes, hi, how are you doing? They get, did you get your guy signed? No. Oh, why not? You know, and you talk all about that. And some teams, oh, would you ever trade him and this and that? And we never, ever seriously got into anything with that. I've told that to Philip, told that with his representative. His representative, because his hockey circle is so small, he would have known it anyway. If I believed that we weren't going to have a really good chance of signing him, I might have explored that a little bit more. But I'm pretty faith that uh, we will be able to come up with a deal that Philip likes and that we will live happily ever after for a lot of years. Again, there's, Philip Forsberg has not agreed to a contract, so there's no certainties here. I'm doing my best to say that I, I really think that he wants to be here and we want him here. And usually when that happens, you find a way a way to, to get there. But there's there's no there's no guarantees. <laughs> I'd love to have this done, uh, you know, three or four months ago, but it just it just didn't happen. So we're, we're working on it. Like I say, I, I want to believe it's going to happen. Anything can happen, but we're, we're good with where we are. I mean, the intention was never there to, to trade Philip. The, the intention was to get him signed. I wish we had him signed today, but we don't, and we move forward, and let's make the playoffs. Let's, uh, as I said to Philip, let's make the playoffs. Let's do something special. Maybe we celebrate something like this with the Stanley Cup in, the, in May or June. That'll be, that'll be good. All right, so that's sort of everything you need to hear from David Poyle. And he, and he lays out a lot of interesting tidbits there. I don't think he gave us a whole lot. He, he did sort of draw the line at, listen, I'm not going to talk about no movement clauses. <laughs> um, and, and he was a little annoyed at your question. I thought Adam, when, when he said, listen, I've said three times, we're going to continue working on this quietly, which who knows what that actually means because there's been other reports and you put this in your article, go to the athletic pay for good journalism, that the contract talks have stalled or, or stopped or paused or, you know, whatever we have long reported on this show sort of loosely that they have just never really been close. And if David Poyle says, I, I wish this was done three or four months ago, but it's still very optimistic. Um, we'll get to the risk that this, this entails and the history with Ryan Suter and all that stuff. But the bottom line is the deal's not done. And now he's going out to the podium on Monday and saying a whole lot of stuff that doesn't mean a whole lot unless they get a contract signed from Philip Forsberg. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting that he basically did a, a full court press on 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 Philip Forsberg in terms of getting his message out through the media. One thing to keep in mind, those of you who were not um, in attendance at the at the press conference, or rather who did not watch it live, you know, through most of those answers, specifically the one where he talks about. I don't want anyone to think any less of our desire to re-sign Philip, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he was reading that from a statement. You know, I was standing sort of, yep, I was yep. standing at an angle from, from the podium and I saw him looking down and reading it from a prepared statement. So that was not David Poyle off the cuff. That was something that was prepared either by him or for him. Um, to, and then of course, our our our, uh, our colleague Corey Curtis um, asked the requisite Ryan Suter question um, <laughs> because that is where Predators fans' minds go when they think of this situation with Philip Forsberg. And as David said, he, he thinks the two situations are completely different. Um, I, I was not, not. I'm not sure. I believe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I buy that. I wasn't. I wasn't here in 2012. So. I don't have the historical 
context of what Ryan Suter may or may not have told David Poyle privately or publicly. Um, but you know, the, the long and the short of it is that, you know, the pre this, this was the predators last day of leverage. This was the last day that the predators could say to Philip Forsberg and his agent, JP Barry, if this doesn't get done, we're trading you. This, this was the, the day that the predators had to, you know, to exact, I guess you could say their leverage or use their leverage. And it didn't happen. Now, Philip Forsberg, if he didn't already, just because of how he's been playing, he has all of the leverage. No, um, no. no I, I, one thing to keep in mind um, is that Philip Forsberg could still be traded before free agency, if things get to be so bad that the, in terms of, you know, how far apart they are, whatever, um, before free agency, you can trade a player's negotiating rights to another team. So that team would have an exclusive window to negotiate with Philip Forsberg. Now you would get, of course, a lot less for that. You might get a draft pick. Right. or a prospect, but you wouldn't be, you wouldn't get nothing, but those, those trades don't happen a whole lot. I think, I think last summer, the one that comes to mind was Barclay Goudreau, who, who was on the Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning both times, I believe. Um, and, and they weren't going to resign him. So they traded his negotiating rights to the New York Rangers. And I think it was like a seventh round pick. Now, I think Philip Forsberg would garner more than that, but yeah, you know, it's, you, you, I, I don't think we can have this conversation and analyze their decision and even like use that as part of the like calculus, honestly. Right. I think I it's mean, just it, sort of like, well, if he's going to walk in free agency, okay, they get a fourth rounder or a third rounder. Okay, fine. Okay. Like to me, that's not even a, a part of the conversation. I, I want to go back to what you said. Very first thing you said, which is that I thought it was interesting how David Poyle essentially presented himself on Monday. Which is, and I, listen, only David Poyle and maybe an agent or two know exactly what was actually said between Ryan Suter and David Poyle. Just like only David Poyle and maybe an agent and Philip Forsberg know exactly what was said between those two parties or three parties in those meetings. So there's no way for anybody to really know because anybody could come out and spin it either side of the equation. Suter or Poyle, Forsberg or Poyle could come out and spin anything. But what David Poyle did to some extent, in my opinion, I don't know what you think, was cover his ass on Monday. There, there was a lot of the reason we have him still is, number one, we think we can win and we're going to go for it. And, and I think people are OK with that. I think if you just say that out loud, I think people are fine with that. Look, we know this is a risk. And you said it in the headline of your article, for better or for worse, we're here together with this very tenuous future moving towards making a cup run. Greg Wyshynski, by the way, last week, very bullish on this team's ability to make a run in, in the Western Conference. But what he did was set it all up to be similar to Suter down the road. That's what he did. Like to, uh, Whether that's on purpose, whether that's disingenuous or genuine, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. But what he did on Monday with all of the reiteration of how much we love him and how close we are and we're, we're this close and we hope to have, it'll be happily ever, like the language he used was even flowery happily ever after and celebrating the Stanley cup. And like, it was a lot 
for him to just come out and say all of that stuff over and over and over again. And what it means is that if Philip Forsberg walks, David Poyle can say, we, we did this in good faith and thought we were super close. And we, uh, Philip Forsberg never agreed to our contract offer. And, and he has that now from a PR standpoint, Adam, right? Like that, that, that's, I think, an interesting angle in all of this. Yeah, I certainly think, I certainly think it is. And I, and look, I, you know, I, you know, I was, you know, unplugged for the past seven weeks, but you good know, for even, you, by the way, on that, yes. I should have, I should have said more about that earlier in the show. Yeah. Good for you. Even, <laughs> thank you. Even then, um, you know, I, I never thought that the Predators would trade Philip Forsberg unless their season went off the rails. Um, you know, I, I think back to, it was 2018, I believe, um, when the St. Louis Blues traded Paul Stastny to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that was it, because that was the year that the yep. Predators yep. played the Jets in the second round of the playoffs. And I think at the time, the Blues had gone on this big losing streak heading into the trade deadline and they had fallen a f- like maybe four or five points out of the playoffs. Like they, they were still, technically- they were in last, they were in last place in January. In 2018 in 20, they were in last place in January. Cause remember I use that line all the time where I say, here's the, here's the, here's the new formula. You've got to, unless, unless I'm thinking about the wrong year, unless it was 19. That they, I think you're thinking of the year where they about won 19? the Stanley Cup. Okay, okay, sorry. You're thinking about the year they won the Stanley Cup when they were in last place. My um, no, that's all right. But I, but I, I, you know, in that situation, the Blues were heading in the wrong direction. And, and Doug Armstrong, their GM, made the decision to trade Paul Stasny, one of their top two centers, I believe, at the time, um, to Winnipeg. And, of course, he had a big impact. Um, for the Jets, he played incredibly well against the Predators, if I recall correctly, in that playoff series. But like, if the Predators were in a similar situation, if they had, if they had lost, let's say seven of eight, leading into the trade deadline, and they had fallen six points out of the second wild card spot, maybe then they decide to trade Philip Forsberg. But under any other circumstance, I, I just didn't think it could happen. Um, well, and, and, and about the time you left is when they they played about the worst month and a half of hockey that they've played all season, and then they corrected it and have been good for the last three weeks, go, going into the deadline. And according in your article, I think it's Domo Sijin that says that there's ninety three percent chance this team makes the playoffs now. So yeah, and and, and you know what? Like I, I was looking at this earlier, you know, I, I like the 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 likelihood of this happening according to Don's model is slim, but the predators could still finish in second place in the central division there. <laughs> as we record this you know, Monday night, this is bef- we're recording this before the game against the Anaheim ducks. Um, the predators are one point behind the blues with one more game played. So it it's and they're two and they're uh, tied in points with the wild with two more games played. So both of the teams they're chasing have played fewer games, but they're right there in points. So if the Predators go on a run as, you know, continue playing at the pace that they're playing at and the Blues and the Wild fall off, the Predators could be finished in second place. 
Like it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, so, you know, it it did not make any sense, um, to trade Philip Forsberg. And and I mentioned this in my story that David Poyle was in a damned, if you do damned, if you don't situation in the court of public opinion, because if David Poyle would have decided to trade Philip Forsberg, there would have been fans who would have been incredibly upset one because they like Philip Forsberg and two, it, it, it would have, you know, cut, you know, it would have cut with the, the rest of the players legs out from under them, so to speak. Yeah. And it would have absolutely demoralized the dressing room. Like, yeah, no, David, I, agree. I, I agree with that. So, you know, but now that he hasn't traded him, there are plenty of people and there are already a few in the comments of my story on the athletic <laughs> saying like, David, this, this is a fireable offense. Like not, not that, you know, I, there have been plenty of people who have said plenty of fans who have said, if Philip Forsberg does not resign with the Nashville predators and the predators do not recoup assets for Philip Forsberg, that David Poyle should be fired. That is a, that is a common refrain among a certain section of Predators fans. But there are even fans who said just the fact that they, have, they didn't trade him today is a viral, fireable offense. But just because he did not sign today doesn't mean he's not going to sign in the next three and a half months. That, that's, that, that, I think, is the key. And it, only David Poyle knows and only Philip Forsberg knows how, how close they truly are. And I would argue... Again, it felt like a lot of spin from David Poyle on Monday because I agree with you. He's in a tough spot. There's nothing like they have a team that they think is good enough to win a series or two, which, by the way, is great for business, even if you can't beat Colorado, but you can win one series and get to the second round and make a deep run in the second round. That's still good for business, right? Like as a like, let's not forget this is entertainment and a business as well. So there is value to be had in that. But like part of the reason that Monday felt like so much spin to set up whatever takes place in the future. Cause if they sign him now, he looks great and he looks smart and he looks like it was a calculated risk and they did, they did the deal. If he doesn't sign him, then he can say, look, I thought we were close. I, I, I believed him when he said X, Y, or Z or blah, 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 blah. I like, my question is, is why don't you just like, just give him the extra money or the no movement clause or whatever. Like at this point, if you're that close, this is such a huge risk. Like, why not just give him what he's asking for <laughs> at this point? Because if they're if they're that close, then just get the deal done. Otherwise, you'd have to be pretty far apart to take this kind of. I don't know. Is that, is that am I making any sense on that? You know, I I think I mean I I do think that makes sense. And and you know the good news for the predators. You know, I pulled up their their cap friendly page. Um, you know, the good news for the predators is that other than Forsberg. You know, they don't really have that many huge decisions to make free agency wise. Um, you know, Luke Cunning is an RFA with arbitration rights. Um, Yakov Trenin is an RFA. You know, they'll certainly get raises. I don't expect them to break the bank, though. Um, you know, there's no, you know, there's, you know, the other UFAs, Nick Cousins is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, everybody's favorite defenseman, Ben Harper, is an unrestricted free agent. Um, David Riddick is an unrestricted free agent. Um, yeah, all those guys, we, are, we can, all those yeah. guys, all those guys are gone. Yeah. Right, and we can, and we can, we'll get into this down the road. But the point is, it's not like signing Philip Forsberg to a big money contract is absolutely going to hamstring their cap situation. And another thing that's interesting too, um, 
when you look at their cap situation, because you'll, you know, you'll, you'll look at Matt Duchesne's contract and you'll look at Ryan Johansson's contract and you'll look at Roman Yossi's contract. Um, Ryan Johansson is only under contract for three more years after this season. Like it's not, and Matt Duchesne is under contract for four more seasons. You know, Ryan Johansson is in the latter half of his deal already. You know, so that's, it's not. That's, just, that's crazy to think about. Honestly. It is crazy to think about. So it's not as if though you, you'll have, let's yeah. just say, you know, you have eight years of Forsberg and seven years of Yossi and six years of Johansson and seven years of Duchesne. Like, right, right, right. There, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's some layers there. Yeah, there's so there are layers there. I, I um, guess, I guess my my issue is, and I know Yossi's number is the number that's like the sticking point for everybody, whether that's arbitrary or not. I don't know if it's a hockey thing or not, but like. I know in the NFL, clearly players are like, no, I want to be the highest paid X, Y, or Z. And like, I don't see how you can give him more than Yossi. So what I'm concerned about is that all this is just window dressing because Forsberg wants 10 and Poyle's going to offer him eight, five. And the no movement clause is not enough to get Forsberg down. And, and that, and, and if he hits the open market, is he worth 10? I, you know, if he's the second, well, highest, if he's the second highest goals per game scorer in a contract year, shockingly, then maybe he's maybe he is worth 10 or 10 and a half. And if that's the case, they're just, they're not going to sign him for that. Well, what's funny oh. is, and I mentioned this in the story, you know, Dom LeCision, our, our, our analytics guru at the athletic, you know, using his statistical model, he, he can, um, he was able to determine a player's market value based on a, a variety of, you know, it's a very complicated algorithm. Sure, I don't have sure. time to explain it. Please don't. But, <laughs> that, but, but Forsberg's market value, according to Lecision's model, is $11.2 million. D- d- this is what I'm saying, dude. Like, it, and, and first of all, he's not going to be paid $11.2 million because the forwards that get paid $11 million are like Connor McDavid, Austin who Matthews. makes, I think, 12 and a half, and Austin Matthews and Artemi Panarin. Right. Like, he's not, he's not in that class. You know, he, but, you but know. this is what, but this is what I think Predators fans are concerned about. Now, I don't agree with all the commenters, right? Like fire David Poyle, but this is the, this is the real, this is the real nuts of the story. Are, are they just not actually that close? And that's what you, you've, you've sort of said that, hinted at that. I've hinted at that before on this show as well. We've said it every single week on the show for like nine months now. They're just not close. Now, it, David Poyle said they are, and he said a bunch of nice things positively in the public, and, and I. You know, whether that's setting himself up to protect himself later versus reality, who knows? We don't know. We have to speculate on that. But if he's if he wants 10 or 10 and a half, my guess is that they're not close then. Because at one point you heard him talking there. Boyle at one point was like, well, we've we've talked about everything in life. And, you know, all we've got to all we've got to figure out is the contract. And I'm like, that's the only thing that matters (laughs) is, is the contract. And as Boyle always says. Uh, there's term and there's money and you got to agree on both of them and we, we shall see either way here's the deal we got to let's move let's move on here adam because we don't i don't want to keep you too late too late here but point is is you've got a pretty decent team you've got to finish the last month strong and you've got to win something give us something to cheer for give the fans something to pull for give them some entertainment give them a, a second round playoff series or or something because there's a very good chance that philip forsberg doesn't resign with this team there's a chance that he does and and Poyle's gonna look great but you got to go win now is the with with the leverage gone Adam now is the time you've got to go win and they've got all the pieces and and he he rattled them off and and this is what I wanted to ask you because we can spend some more time on this on our full episode but like 
are you surprised with the state of the team now that you've come back after six or seven weeks to have all of these records being chased and probably broken soon for the team to be a point out of second place, like all of the things Soros to, to be doing what he's doing, Yossi to be on pace for a hundred points, like all the things that we're seeing. Uh, is it surprising? Are you shocked? Like, I, I think it makes for an exciting final month. I think this team does have a chance to, to do some damage. I don't think they can win two, two playoff series, but would that be good enough for fans? If they get to game six of the second round, would that be, I mean, it's clearly a positive step in the right direction. It, it, it would be um, considering they haven't advanced past the first round um, since 2018. Um, and what we expected this team to be at the start of the season, when I think we were both pretty uh, yeah. adamant that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Um, it is pretty remarkable. All of these records that have been smashed and, and the records that are going to continue to be broken. The next one, of course, is the single season goal scoring record. 34 goals by Victor Arvidsson, which is about to be uh, destroyed um, by Philip Forsberg and or Matt Duchesne. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that Roman Yossi is on pace for 100 points. He would be the first defenseman in 30 years uh, <laughs> to reach 100 points. Um, he, he's playing, I, you know, with all the talk about Forsberg I know. and, and I know. everything and Duchesne, like it's pretty, inc- it's, it, it's remarkable what Roman Yossi is doing. Um, I think we've been so used to uh, praising Roman Yossi over the years that maybe we've just sort of glossed over how well he's been, how well he's been playing. Oh, by the way, um, before I left, you had me do all of these predictions. Do you happen to have them? <laughs> well, what happened is, is you, you came back a week later um, and I, I went back and checked a few of them. And, and basically, you're the only one that really was the most important was, is Philip Forsberg still on the team? And you said yes. Okay. And, and, and I, cause this was all supposed to be for last week in terms of like, what were the predictions and, but I can, that's the one that's the most important one. Uh, the other ones was where are they in the standings? And I think you said like third place, second place, and that's where they are. And, um, but the records, I don't think we, I, I don't think you said, yes, he'd be the all time leading goal scorer in predators history. <laughs> I did. I, if I recall correctly, I, or maybe I, you I, did. Yeah. No, if I recall correctly, I think I said he would be, but he would not be ahead of Victor Arvidsson. I, so you were dead on. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, you, you can go back and check. I know a lot of you guys listen. That was a big episode. So you, you guys. Um, uh, also, I did see something shortly there. Shortly, you also asked me what the impression of the outdoor game would be. Like, what would I, what would, you know, and my, my prediction was that it was going to be among the lowest rated, um, Yep. Outdoor yep. games in, in, in NHL history or, or out, I don't know what I said. Out, exactly. Outdoor game. Yeah. TV, yeah. TV viewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I believe, you know, I think you I think you had said previously that the local rating was a 2.9, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, I think if I read correctly, the national rating was like the worst in like eight yeah. years for an outdoor. Uh, well, and Gover, Gover said this too, and and sort of like how how do we 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 did a whole conversation about how to define success for that game, and it, it's just and you've said this a million times like the game itself and being there is spectacular. It is truly fun and awesome, but but the interest level nationally for TV viewing on these things has just disappeared. It's gone. So even though like even though you had spitting chicklets running around Broadway like getting wasted and commenting about how great it was, which it was, it was an amazing environment and. 
the, the crowd was great and the whole thing was fantastic. It was an awesome experience. It, it just doesn't resonate anymore on television to people that don't, that aren't there. It's great in person. It just doesn't work on TV anymore. So yeah. Um, but, but I, I do think, and I want to, I want to move on to, to Lausanne here and just quick, quickly wrap up our trade deadline talk. Cause you, we can do a lot of this on, on the next episode, but I just, I just think it's remarkable where expectations were and Poyle sort of hinted at this in his press conference that, that where you, you're right, we were dead wrong. We thought this team wasn't going to make the playoffs for them to be not only making the playoffs, but to, and transitioning from the career all-time great goaltender full-time and to have every, basically every major franchise record getting smashed in one season is pretty, it's a pretty remarkable you know, the, let's let's highlight and underscore competitive in the competitive rebuild, right? <laughs> like that, right. The, the, it's it's worked to a T. Whether you like John Hines or whether you like David Poyle or agree that he should have traded Forsberg or whatever, you can't argue that the plan hasn't worked. Like it, you know, whether it's Ellis and Arvidsson or, or Yarn Croak, like you, you can't argue that the plan hasn't worked. Um, what does that mean long term? We'll, we'll see. Uh, all right, so. Um, Jeremy Lausanne from Seattle for a second rounder, 6'1", 205, second round pick uh, by Boston, played three years there. He's 24 years old. He's 176 hits, which I think Poyle referenced. He's a guy that likes to thump, averaged about 18 minutes uh, time on ice the last two seasons for Boston and for Seattle, respectively. Um, so they're getting a guy that I think, as Poyle alluded to, they're going to resign and is hopefully an upgrade in the third pairing. Borvietsky is back. Uh, for the, He played against the Ducks, of course. Matt Benning is coming back at some point, so – they're just sort of shoring up that third defense pair, which everyone has pointed to as like the question. So, I, I mean, they're gearing up for the run here and they're hoping that the, the team is situated to, to be good enough to, to win some series. And, and maybe they are. We'll see. Yeah. So Lausanne, um, I would, you know, I would consider him. Um, I was going to say a marginal upgrade, but I'll just go and upgrade over Ben Harper. Then again, <laughs> it's not, that's not something that requires a lot of effort with all respect to Ben Harper. He gets, um, he gets dogged, man. Poor guy. And, and, and what about Phil Myers being waived? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. He, he's in Milwaukee and, now. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you should have protected Callie Yarncroke and let. <laughs> I understand the reasoning behind the decision. Can you know? I, I figured they would protect Phil Myers after just trading Ryan Ellis for him. By the way, Ryan Ellis um, out for the rest of the season for the Philadelphia Flyers. It was announced today. Uh, he played in a grand total of four games this season um, for the Philadelphia Flyers. Of yeah, course, um, you know you hope he's okay. But look, that trade has not worked out. For anybody, no. Um, Ryan Ellis was a non-factor for the Flyers. Phil Myers was a non-factor for the Predators. Cody Glass Cody is having Glass. A, a good season in the American League, and, and maybe that you know in a couple of years he's playing for the Predators, and and we look back on that trade and oh, they're still know, upside there, yeah, right. And 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 Nolan Patrick, I don't think has made much of an impact for the for the Golden Knights, so. You know, really the best part of that trade, if you want to give a winner, it's the Predators for getting the cap space. Yep. And we've and, talked about yep. that before. But yep. um, Lausanne, um, he's left-handed, um, but David Poyle said that he can play on his right side. So um, if you're looking, uh, you know, for some size on your third pair, you could have Borvietsky and Lausanne. Um, to, you know, you could also have uh, Lausanne and Benning. 
Um, I, I think ideally I want Benning and Borbietsky in the third pair when they were healthy, they were as good as they've had in that third pairing in a while. So I think is the, the, the problem. I think the reason they're making all these moves is that they're not, they're not sure of how healthy those two will be. So, and, and just getting some depth. Um, makes, right. Makes and, a lot of sense. and you know, it's, it's like I said, it wouldn't be a trade deadline without the predators going out and getting a fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman. Yep, yep, yep. It happens. It happens like clockwork. Yep. Um, you know, it was a really interesting day in the NHL. You know, some some really good players, um, you know, were moved. Um, and, uh, you know, we have at The Athletic, we've got all of our trade grades. We've got all the coverage, so you can read about it there. Go, um, go, go check it out, and you and I can dive a little deeper into it all a little bit later on this week. So how about that? Sound good? Yes. Well, it's great to ha- it's great to hear your voice, man. Great to have you back. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun last month. A lot of records, a lot of playoff talk, a lot of contract negotiation posturing in the public. Uh, I am kind of glad. Like, I will say this: not that I'm not that I'm going to ignore the Philip Forsberg contract thing because it's my job not to ignore it. But I feel like a lot of this talk was leading into the trade deadline, and now that the trade deadline is over. Not to say that that's on the back burner, but like now we can kind of focus on other things. Yes, Adam. Not, he's, gonna, you know, he's going to yes. he's going to do it quietly. Okay, stop asking him. Yes, he's going right? to do it. He's going to do it quietly. <laughs> I mean, look when he said when he said that they were going to focus at the, on the task at hand. My first thought was, does that mean they're not going to negotiate during the season? Which which happens. There are players and agents and GMs who agree not to do that. So I just wanted to clarify. Um, it also might explain why JP Barry didn't return my text message today. Um, so, so yeah, quietly oh, is the key word here. Well, and, and, you know, you talked about like, uh, and I think bravely, by the way, uh, about your, you know, just like mental health, which I think is an important thing for everybody. And you've written about it with a lot of Preds players and all this stuff. Nothing is better for your mental health than to have the, the expansion draft and the Forsberg negotiations behind you as a reporter. That stuff is behind you. The trade deadline the expansion draft it's all behind you now that more than anything in the world will do wonders for your mental health as a reporter there's no question about that adam great to have you back man go to jaspers to watch all predators games three dollar beers ten dollar smash burger free parking great game room great tvs great place to watch any sporting event but definitely the predators drink a gold standard cocktail named after this podcast pay for good journalism at the athletic great to have you back we'll be back on our regular schedule this week uh so there you have it forsberg is here Uh, We don't know for how long, so they better go win. And um, if and when there's a deal done, they'll just tell us, okay? (laughs) That's that's what's going to happen, according to David Poyle. For Adam Vingen, my name is Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Follow us on the Twitters. Check out the YouTube, all that great stuff. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard from the 440 Sports Network.